truck and hit the road Our land is our home Okay, Adam, and we're on. What's happening? I miss the beach. Did you? No, I'm saying I miss living by the beach. Where did you live before? Well, I was in Huntington for a while. Is that... Really? Yeah. Before Orange? Before Orange. I don't know, dude. Orange is pretty cool. You're like the first person that has, like, I've needed to go to Orange. Yeah, it's, it's a little pocket. It's pretty cool. I had no idea until we moved there. Yeah. It's very historic. It is. And like that to me was, was like an eye opener because I don't think of Orange as like a historic neighborhood or anything of that nature. It was like one of the original uh, neighborhoods for Orange County. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was all orange groves back in the day. That's where they obviously gets the name, huh? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is cool. There's a ton of orange trees in their neighborhood. So if you ever want oranges, you just walk around and... Pick an orange. Yeah. <laughs> Pick an orange. Um, did you live in Hunting- Wait, Huntington Beach? How yeah. long ago was this? Uh, more than 15 years ago. So pre-kid. Oh, yeah. Pre-kid. Yeah. Pre-wife? Yeah. Or with wife? Uh, well, she became my wife. In Huntington? No, in Orange. <laughs> so you took her from Huntington and threw her in Orange? No, she took me from Huntington. No way! How the hell did you guys end up in Orange? That's so random. <laughs> she was uh, she was working uh, close by of Orange, and okay. she got tired of the commute, and I was working from home doing Colfax. So, so she said... She said, I want to move closer. It's on me, so yeah. come with me, or... No, not... Or. <laughs> so, or. <laughs> I met her. I met her for the first time at Overland Swap. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. She is, she is. Your kid's super uh, well-behaved, too. She puts up with all my shenanigans. Oh, my God. You're like the most mellow dude ever. Get out of here. And you probably make her, like, sick bags. No. You don't make her any handbags? No. She's never asked for it. Dude, you're blowing (laughs) it. Can't you just go buy, like, material and make her, like, an amazing handbag? Probably. You should try. (laughs) How have you not thought of that? All right, guys. So, on this episode, if you're familiar with Colfax, um... I, I applaud you. I thank you. And I know Adam thanks you too. I was, I was actually introduced to Colfax through our co-host Kingston and he actually gave me one of your straps. So prior prior to that, I've never actually felt any Colfax products. Yeah. So he gave me your strap. I used to never use camera straps, but your shit is so soft. Like the actual material is so damn soft and supple and it's just well-made all like through and through. And then Overland Swap, the first one, you came through and showed me your toad. Which, uh, the duffel bag. And that blew my mind, too. Yeah. You came out of the woodworks. You're like, yo, what's up? I'm at I'm like, what happened? You're like, let me show you my bag. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing, dude. Thank you. And Adam is super well-versed in manufacturing within the States. Yeah. And it's multi- like so many different products. I mean, you can name some, right? Tote bags. The tote bags, the tote bags, camera straps, all the previous products I used to make for Colfax, the, yeah. the backpacks and, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it started uh, with working in-house for a lot of brands mm-hmm. um, and you know designing and developing and manufacturing overseas, primarily Southeast Asia, and had opportunity to go out on my own um, and said, you know, I was kind of tired of that. 14 hour flight over to Hong Kong and another two hour flight down to Ho Chi Minh City to, 
you know, check in on manufacturing. I was like, that sounds so cool, but it probably gets so old. So no, fast. It was, it, it's rad and it still is. Yeah. I will never knock going over there. Uh-huh. You know, Vietnam's a beautiful country and the people are friendly and uh, just immerse yourself in a different culture. I think yep. it's always cool, you know? Um, but, uh, it, it also stemmed from the idea of like, you know, here we are, we're, we're making goods overseas, you know, with fabric that's made in Korea or Taiwan and then shipped down to Vietnam or Indonesia, the Philippines yep. to get assembled and then get shipped all the way over to here, uh, to, you know, LA. And then from here it gets shipped to another warehouse. That's a lot of moving parts. It's for... a lot of moving parts and it's a lot of fuel being spent. Yeah. I mean, they talk about, you know, there's been studies saying that uh, if shipping is on track to become about a third of all global CO2 emissions by 2030. And that's just that's just in manufacturing across the board. Yeah, it's across the board. That's just like shipment of goods. Jesus, dude. Yeah. And that, that includes obviously diesel, fuel. All well, of it, huh? you got to think a lot of those ships, they're regulated in the ports. Uh-huh. So they have to burn cleaner fuel once they hit like certain nation, you know, nation's waters. Yeah. Or even in the ports. But once they hit open water, they can switch over to bunker fuel and just burn whatever they want because no, it's not regulated. The fact that you know that is so impressive, dude. That is so rad. Well, it is, you know, as, as you know, like making goods or manufacturing things, there's an inherent waste to it and, 100%. You know, and like things break and then it just goes into the landfill. And, yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of what started it is like building quality goods, yep. you know, or design, you know, building products that are meant to last or that can be repaired. Yep. Um, it's kind of like one of the things I kind of pride myself on is like all our products are repairable, Yep. which is crazy. That's awesome. Um, you know, for the most, I'd say like 95% of the time we can fix things. Even like your most expensive duffel to the simplest camera strap exactly. or keychain. Yeah, we can fix it. Now, so, now, so it doesn't go to waste. It doesn't just end up in the landfill. Yeah. Which most, like if you were to buy a cheap target duffel bag, it ends up, if it breaks, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Return it? And no, it no. goes in the trash. What's even sad is like, even like a cheap, cheap tote bag or duffel bag or like a t-shirt, right? Uh-huh. You know, they make tens of thousands of those. They might sell 80%, 90%, yeah. you know, and 10% just actually, even brand new, just gets thrown away yeah, because it doesn't sell. Like yeah. it keeps going down, the, you know, the food chain to the point where like nobody wants it. And it's actually like more expensive to do something with this. So they just dump it. Isn't that crazy? I mean, there's pits down in South America. I know. That just are just brand new clothes. I think Carter was the one that actually would post it on his Instagram story. Mm-hmm. And then, because I kind of heard it, heard of it i didn't know much about it and yeah. i didn't actually see the photos but once you see the photos it's it's 100 percent a real thing oh yeah so when when back in the day when you were traveling to asia that was for factory visits for brands you were currently working correct for? yeah okay correct yeah i was uh working in-house for a number of like surf and skate industry companies and um so and in their bag is was it mainly for bags or was bags it? accessories okay um hats you know belts wallets so towels a, damn, socks really yeah. So you were over, pretty much, pretty much like all of that. Accessories was everything non-apparel. Yeah. So we got thrown the most random things. Yeah. We had to figure it out. Yeah. Which is cool. You know, I kept it very interesting all the time. Yeah. Um, and also just, you just learn to really start understanding like design intent. Yeah. And functionality versus just like, you know, a printed t-shirt or a plaid, you know, woven 
button up. Yeah. Most of those factories too. It's like if you are making a flannel or pair of shorts, they usually have some form of a template. So you're not having to provide any type of like aggressive tech packs. You're just showing this is a print. Mm -hmm. But if you're making for OGO or Oakley, some like very technical backpack, Mm -hmm. you are providing everything. everything. Yeah. Even material, right? Sometimes you're designing your material. And then even going into like you know, you could design even like hard goods, like the buckles or the zipper pulls. Whoa. You start getting you know, like down to the nth degree. That's kind of sick. Yeah, it's cool. But you just need to know a, a wide range of materials and yeah. manufacturing, uh, you know, techniques. Also, uh, manufacturing speak, right? Because their, their language yeah. is so different. It is. But at the same time, you'd be like, Are you talking about like pure language barrier? No. Well, that's probably a big one too. Mm -hmm. But like, let's just say you say welt zipper versus this type of zipper. Oh, yeah. Technical calls. Yeah. 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 But obviously you would know because you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. Um, But someone's so green without any like product design background and they think they can just hop on a plane and make something overseas. It's like, dude, you got to start knowing some form of language, right? Yeah. But the factory, you know, has been working with people that don't speak that kind of language. So they just kind of do it for them. They do it for them. Damn, that's crazy. And they're good at it. <laughs> well, they want that sale, they, right? They want the business. <laughs> yeah. And good. that's the thing is, I mean, over the years, like factories, over, especially overseas factories have learned that like design services is a very important factor in like getting new business. And yeah. So they're, you know, they kind of grow their teams to. They probably charge for it. Not like that much. Really? Yeah. Because if you hire a product developer here in the States, I mean, that's... It's expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah, they're expensive. But the factories understand, like, they need to offer those services, you know, to kind of gain the business, especially for people uh, that are, like, maybe starting out. Yeah. Like, they got an investor. They're ready to drop Mm -hmm. hundreds, like, literally a hundred grand on just, like, backpacks. And they're like, well, we'll do the design work. Just Mm -hmm. write me over that check. Yeah. So after a while, you... Obviously, like you said, you've traveled, you've been to so many different factories, you've seen how the supply chain works for fabrics to, Mm -hmm. you know, anything, any type of hard good movement. And then when you, was it when you went on your own and took Colfax 100% um, like full time? Is that when you started doing stuff in the United States or you already had some connections from that? No, it's, well, to answer your question, yeah, it started when I started Colfax. Okay. Um, The whole idea of trying to design and develop and source manufacturing here yep. in the States. Um, and, uh, you know, the design and the development, the, also the idea was also to bring that more in-house okay. where I was handling it mm-hmm. rather than relying on a factory. You know, when I was working in-house for a lot of these brands, I was designing and you know, creating tech packs and we'd send them and then we'd, you know, go to the factory. And I was like, kind of thought it was a little weird that, here I am. I don't know how to sew, uh-huh. but I'm judging somebody's work and telling them <laughs> that they did it wrong. <laughs> so back then you didn't have any sewing experience? None, none. What? But I like, I knew products, you know, and yeah. I could tell them how to make it. Just, I feel, I've seen you sewing. You're like a craftsman, dude. But well, that, was, I, that was the problem. I was like, this is wrong. This is fundamentally wrong for me to judge somebody's work that I can't do myself. Yeah, that's a good, that's a judge of character to yourself though. <laughs> so I was like, I better learn how to sew. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought a machine. Yeah. And uh, just started cutting and sewing. And, you know, you'd be surprised what you can find on, like, the internet. And, yeah. you know, there's tons of forums and, you know, Reddits of, like, you know, the whole make-your-own-gear movement. I think it's pretty rad. Yeah. And you've, you've pushed that. I've seen you push that on yeah. Instagram before. Or, like, kind of give shout-outs to 
What's that one place you always post about? They're like kind of Oh, Brown Buffalo and Canvas Worker. Is that a friend of yours? Yeah, he was um he was the designer at one of the companies before me. Okay. Um and then he he kind of went off uh he you know, he kind of hopped around for a while and he's kind of set up his own shop. Um, Brown Buffalo out of Costa Mesa. Once again, shout out to any USA brand out there doing it. Yeah. Um, he's got an r- amazing setup too. It looks like a pretty badass, like it just is. display with all the bags yeah. on the wall and all yeah. the sewing machines. Super um, cool. Uh, yeah. And then he also offers sewing classes. So it's like, if yeah. you want to learn how to like what it takes to make a backpack, then you can, you know, sign up for one of the classes and, uh, you know, learn actually what it takes. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, you can actually see like how complex a lot of these products are and how long it takes to make Uh, that's that's actually a really good segue the the complex the complexity of a bag and like you were saying judging someone else's sewing skills without actually like trying it yourself Mm -hmm. so when you started doing it and you started getting all these connections in la or wherever you know you have you have places across the the nation i'm I'm sure so for you made in the usa that was for you to start gaining a little bit more control but then you also realized that there was a lot of benefits on the back end of it as well right oh there's a ton of benefits it was even kind of in my mind going into it like the kind of the reason why i wanted to do it here was uh-huh. also the fact of you know when we can bring our manufacturing closer to us like the business uh-huh. it greatly reduces our co2 emissions our carbon footprint yep um, you know if we were to bring in a lot of the manufacturing back to the States, mm-hmm. we'd actually reduce our carbon footprint by like 30%. That's insane. Because you're not having to deal with not all shipping. the shipping. Mm-hmm. Just to save, you know, money on labor rates. Yeah. That's a... Uh, I mean, there was the big push for outsourcing, you know, in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, with, especially with like, you know, electronics and stuff. And uh, the idea, you know, was that you could you know, outsource your manufacturing. You could actually reduce your current overhead because you didn't need to hire so many people on the, you know, manufacturing lines or assembly lines. Um, And then you could, you know, increase your profits. Yeah. And I think it was uh, the CEO of General Electronic or General Electric. General, yeah, GE. Yeah. You know, his, he was famously quoted as saying like the, the company is actually more indebted to its shareholders than its customers or workers or employees. Yeah. So the idea is they need to make money over everything else. Yeah. And in order to do that, they, you know, they need a cheaper manufacturing labor rate. So they went overseas where it's, you know, fractions of the, you know, for, for labor, specifically mm-hmm. labor. Yeah. Labor. I mean, you're talking like overseas, something, you know, where a worker might be being paid, less than 10 bucks a day. That's crazy. You know, that is some, wild. Like, some pretty rural areas yeah. out there. And, and you've seen it. Yeah. We've been, we've been out there in the middle of no man's <laughs> land before. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Now are they like, they're stoked to have a job and they're that $10 maybe goes pretty far, way farther than it would here in the States. Oh, obviously. for sure. You know, and it's also, I guess, depends on like where you're talking about manufacturing for, you know, China versus Southeast Asia. Cause they set their factories up and the way they hire, mm-hmm. you know, is, is different. You know, China tends to be, um, more of a all inclusive, I'd call it factory. Yeah. Meaning like you live at the factory. I've heard of that. You're, you know, there's schools for children's at the, In fact- the factory. factory. There's grocery stores at the factory. How gnarly is that? You know, uh, yeah, it's really gnarly. That's crazy. Whereas Southeast Asia, it tends to be more, that doesn't tend to be, it is, is, uh, nobody lives at the factory. They, yeah. you know, they come in. 
to the factory they work for the day and then they go home yep um, spend time with the family do whatever like yeah. and they might live countryside they might live in an urban environment doesn't yeah, matter but doesn't they matter. go home yeah or you know they're you know families out in more rural but yeah. the you know manufacturer is closer to the city so they come in for the city for work they do the work and then you know they might go home on the weekends yeah. or, or whenever um but then they kind of tend to also hop around a little bit more yep yep and i think that's another aspect of the whole made in the usa term is like you're just talking on jobs, right? So you're providing jobs in a different country, which is awesome. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a global economy, mm-hmm. you know, however you may see it, um, especially if it's local, like we just visited places in Santa yeah. Ana today, stuff like that. So for you, what does, what does made in the USA in the public eye, what does it actually mean? You know, besides just the term made in the USA quality, yeah. you know? I mean, it's a very... I guess, complex answer to a simple question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's so many different sides to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's the environmental reason. There's, you know, the idea of keeping jobs here, you know, uh, money more locally, you know, those mm-hmm. jobs that you're paying to your wor- local workers here and also go to the coffee shops, they go to the grocery stores, they go to, you know, owning a house, they go to, you know, gas, they go to just, I mean, there's so many different reasons why you can try to keep them, you know, the capital more here. Versus the ripple a, effect is a lot greater. Exactly. Okay. I don't want to like necessarily talk bad on overseas manufacturing because, you know, people, a lot of people, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is like quality. Yeah. And I think a lot of these main USA brands, I mean, that's their kind of their, mo you mm-hmm. know it's like oh it's better quality it's better quality like you can get really nice quality overseas 100 percent. and i think that's the one thing you you brought to my attention mm-hmm. as i as, as we started growing more in like you know our friendship and yeah. talking more on a regular basis you're like that's that's an mo that's like a marketing pitch yeah. to made in the usa and saying it's going to be better quality because yeah. you've seen it you've actually worked with factories and you're oh, like yeah. it's actually superior at this factory that I actually visited mm-hmm. versus the factory that I've seen here in the United States sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. not all the time. Um, but it, it's because they paying their workers less money uh-huh. so they can have more time with the product. Yep. Whereas, you know, here, you know, labor rates are a lot more expensive. So you can't, you can't add as many features to it. Yeah. So I guess with like Colfax, the idea is like, we can't make, complex products i guess well i guess that's kind of hard because they could you could actually argue that like the latest colfax like waterproof bags are very complex <laughs> they are pretty complex <laughs> well, they're simple in nature yeah they're complex and actually how to execute it yeah and actually make it totally um but so i mean going back to the quality though is so I don't have, I can't make the most like feature rich mm-hmm. product, but I can make it out of the best quality material out there. Yep. And I think that's going into more of like design and going about manufacturing, because I think depending on where you're getting your products manufactured uh-huh. changes your way you approach the design phase of it. Okay. Whereas, you know, if like, somebody comes to me and like, Hey, Adam designed me a bag. I'm like, okay, where are we getting it made? That's mm-hmm. like question number one, yep. domestic overseas. Yep. I always push for the domestic, but it tends to be most of the, you know, the clients work, you know, contract work tends to go overseas just due to costing reasons. Totally. Um, is that, 
I can approach design overseas much differently because I can make it have a thousand different pockets and thousand different zippers and we can do all sorts of crazy stuff with like you said feature rich feature rich yeah. you know has a pocket for everything <laughs> we've <laughs> no, seen it I I've think seen yeah, it. yeah I think I've seen it not, too. <laughs> not my cup of tea but you know um, whereas domestic yeah you know I you got to really think through the the construction and like what it's going to take to manufacture yep uh, the said product, the backpack or bag or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but thinking about what it's made out of, how is it constructed in a certain way? Yeah. Um, you gotta be very, I think like come up with like clever ideas to like, you know, trim off like as much time to make the, the product as you can. Totally. Like, like if you flip a seam one way or the other, or if it's a lap seam versus, you know, whatever kind of other, you know, seam, um, for the, you know, that pocket, or the way you fold a piece of fabric or yeah. fold a piece of webbing. Um, you just got to like come up with solutions on to like how to. Cause you're presenting, this is the bag I want to make. Yeah. I need it to be X amount of like bomb proof essentially. Or at... a certain, it has to solve a certain problem. Yeah. Right? You yeah. Know, like originally like the latest Colfax bags are all like made out of like waterproof material, which is insane. The material. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing stuff, but it's also, it's my cost per yard of fabric okay. <laughs> is more than some total cost of goods made and assembled overseas. That's so crazy. So one, did you find that fabric or did they bring that fabric to you? Uh, well, I ended up finding it, like sourcing it from a textile mill. How the hell? That's like so impressive, dude. You just, you got to get resourceful as a one man business. Yeah, as, as, you we, know. as you both know, but <laughs> it's just know. so impressive because that fabric is so damn amazing. Yeah. And it was kind of like Colfax has always been a evolution of product. Yeah. And I kind of keep changing it and pushing myself, you know, which was interesting that you said earlier that you didn't see any of like the very early product. Never which was all like a modular bag system. So you buy the one bag and you buy all the different pouches and accessories and you can strap it on and, and it attached like kind of a modified uh, Molly system. Yeah. That uh, was under the same name. Colfax. Yeah. That's Colfax. Yeah. Okay. Um, and once again, it was using like advanced, you know, textiles uh, at the time. And um, it, to me though, like it was cool, but the value to the customer was kind of getting lost. Cause it's like, it was expensive to buy the base unit and then it was expensive to manufacture the base unit to allow for the customization, all the modifications that you could add to it. Yep. Um, so it was like, you know, you got to buy the bag and then you got to buy all the pouches and yeah, it's like, it's kind of tailored to you, which was cool, but it was really expensive. Really? Yeah. I, w I wish I, I mean, it's probably alive somewhere in the internet, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. There, like there's some, re some reviews and there's like articles about it. But, um, versus this, like what we're looking at. You it's have, very simple. It's straightforward, but it's yeah. like, this is the best quality of this specific style that mm. you'll, you'll find on the market. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of came about from uh, a conversation I had. We we're talking about like tools uh -huh. and how like, you know, the design of tools, hand yeah. tools, like think of a crowbar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a bent piece of metal. <laughs> yeah. With a notch on two ends. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's it. Sometimes a weapon. In, so, well, that's, well, no, that's the Grand whole point. <laughs> you ever played Grand Theft Auto before? Back in the day. Yeah. yeah that shit was sick. <laughs> okay. Crowbar. Crowbar. Okay. Or even like a, the clawfoot hammer. Right. Okay. Another example. It's a very simple object. Right. Uh -huh. But it has 
thousands of uses. Yeah. You know, if you hold it one way, it can be like a crowbar, going back to crowbar, it could be a hook, right? Uh-huh. You could pry something open with it. You could use it as chore weapon, you know, you could pulling nails out, pulling nails out, pushing something, you know, yeah. like grabbing something that's hot, you know, it's like, there's a lot of uses out of a simple item. Yep. So it kind of spurred my thinking. I was like, well, I need to like simplify things. Yeah. You know, and um, then uh, I was making like these backpacks, went to like these ultralight duffels that could go as like a backpack and a duffel. And I was okay. like, that's cool. And then I think I saw that one. Yeah, you saw that one. That's probably more recent, right? Yeah, it's more recent. Okay. And then, um, I mean, the dry bags, something I always wanted to do. But okay. once again, it was like trying to source that here in the US you know, was, was a multi-year endeavor. Which is amazing that you actually succeeded and it's available. Yeah. Well, like it was just kind of, I guess, relentless pursuit of it. Yeah. You know, it was constant like asking fabric suppliers if they made the fabric that could be welded. Yeah. And if so, like, oh, do you know any sort, you know, there's there's ways to like ask and like network and figure like where a lot of these manufacturers are because it's, a lot of them don't want to be found too, especially with the USA stuff. Like, really? Yeah. A lot, well, it's weird because they want to be found, but at the same time, a lot of them are still like government based work. Oh, wow. So like they don't necessarily, you can't always like show you the products that they make because it's going to the military or, wow. um, you know, uh, some NDA that they signed with some company and, uh, you know, cause all these companies don't want their sources. Totally. You know, they don't want their sourcing to be out and about. Which is, that's a great point. And I'm just going to bring it on real quick is that when you're in the USA, a lot of your NDAs, trademarks, patents are, they're great. They, they withhold in, in court in the United States, but the moment you take your product and have it engineered overseas, well, yeah. your patent laws go out the window. Out the window. Yeah. And that we, that's a prime example of Yeti. You know, that, mm-hmm. there's so many knockoffs because once yeah. you make it overseas, it's like you're signing your life away. It's just open, open market at that point. That's okay. I, I also want to bring this to people's attention is you are Colfax. Yeah. Adam Shock is Colfax. Yeah. So your design, sourcing, manufacturing, engineering, everything that's going into that product, that's just relentless questions and problem solving to make that singular, singular product, right? Yeah. That's freaking amazing. I love that shit. Well, you know, I didn't think it was possible until I met somebody else doing it. And uh-huh. I was like, well, I guess he's doing it. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Wrong? <laughs> yeah, I love it. And also, you know, like it, the business started out with just designing, uh-huh. you know, like, cause I was in house, you know, and then it started my own freelance business and it was just purely design. So I get contracted to design the products, yep. and set the tech pack and then, you know, a lot of the clients would have their own manufacturing in place. And so they'd go and handle it, development, sample comments and all that. And okay. like, dude, I'm only getting paid once and you guys are making these things and getting paid every time it sells. Totally. And, you know, the shelf life for a bag could be, you know, it could be five, eight years. Dude, some, like the Herschel backpack. Exactly. Whoever designed the Herschel the, backpack. The Jansport backpack. Yeah, that thing is probably made. Still I going. would, I don't know, maybe a bill. I would say a billy. Oh, yeah. That singular black oh, yeah. Jansport backpack. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? It's crazy to think. Um, but I think like even when you, it's like going back to this tote, you just released this, by the way. Yeah, the tote is brand new. And this is probably one of the, I, I, I can't, I don't want it to sound bad, but this is probably one of my favorite Colfax products. Because as you know, you love to say that I'm a salesman, <laughs> you savage. But 
That is the easiest sale. It's expensive, but once you tell people you can turn it into like a, a water bag, yeah, your beach bag, beach your bag, camp bag, your cooler, fire, co- literally. Put ice in it. Dude, that shit's so cool. And but, I think that goes back into like those hand tools, right? It's yep. just a tote bag, but because of what it's made out of and how it's made, uh-huh. it has multiple purposes. I love it. So yeah, you can put a wetsuit in it and yeah. throw it in the back of your, you know, your SUV and you're not going to get, you know, your trunk full of, you know, a bunch of nasty seawater. It has a clip on it so you can make sure cinch, it's not splitting cinch, over. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's a, it's a, it's a great product. You know, you could throw firewood in it, yep. haul a bunch of firewood, you know, if it ever gets dirty, you just flip it out and hose it out. Is it, um, I never even thought of this. That material has a coating. It's, is that a certain coating on it, right? Yeah, it's a T. Uh, the reason why it's so expensive is because of just what it's the textile and how it's coated. Uh-huh. So it's a, this is going to get really nerdy talk here. <laughs> We're all getting excited. <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> Textiles. <laughs> I geek out on I, it. I love this shit. But I think that's why the product ends up being the way that it is. Cause you do like <laughs> geek and nerd out on like, <laughs> you know, tensile strength of, Jeez. you know, abrasion resistance and, uh, so it's a 500 denier nylon Kodora. Okay. And to get even more specific, like if you don't, if you're not familiar with types of textiles or uh-huh. like branded, like a Kodora fabric. That's like the premier shit usually. It, yeah. It's, um, all it is, it's a textured yarn that when they weave the fabric, because it's textured, makes it more abrasion resistant. Uh huh. So it makes it inherently stronger. Okay. Um, because of its texture of the yarns. Mm-hmm. So they weave the fabric, and then on top of it, they laminate a TPU film on the inside with the backside, and then they coat the outside with uh-huh. TPU with, um, coating, and then they actually go in and emboss the outer face. To, to give it that texture? To give the texture back. Is that what the texture is That's from? That they texture. actually emboss the it. fabric? Yeah, back into it. Damn. And that's an and that's just the fabric itself. Not getting into that then manufacturing. That's and not even the, yeah, it's not in the manufacturing. Oh yeah, that's I mean that alone is art is in the fabric itself, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, it's it's amazing fabric, and that's like always the challenge, you know, like because Colfax is a direct to consumer brand. Yeah, is you know you see the pictures online, you're like, oh, it's a tote bag. Oh, that's cool. But you know, like once you actually touch it and you can feel the product, you know, because product is ephemeral. Uh, that you actually get excited about it. And that's always the challenge is like it's showcasing not, it's, that. And I like coming from a product design standpoint, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, if you just make the coolest product, it'll you know, sell. It'll sell. <laughs> not the case. <laughs> not the case. I know. That's why I need, you know, people like you. <laughs> I mean, that's like what, when I do my stuff, uh-huh. I'm always so ass backwards because they come up with the, like the marketing pitch first mm-hmm. and then the product follows. Yeah. So like if you look on the easy website, like the product display page is what sells the product. Mm-hmm. The product is kind of just like the, the product, the product. It's like the, the ideology, the marketing mm-hmm. and the benefits that make your life better. Yeah. Like if you gave me that and you gave me free range on your website, oh my <laughs> God, dude, it'd be so much fun. Well, maybe fun. we should just talk after the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I love that. So, if you haven't checked this one out, check it out, right? It's available on your website, yeah, colfaxdesign.com. Yeah. Colfaxdesignworks.com. With an S. Okay, with an S. Dot check com. it out. Now, this is made in the USA. This is in your uh, USA factory, correct? correct? Correct. So let's say you have this one. Uh-huh. 
And then you have a couple other pieces that are still made in your overseas factory. What? Like all the client stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, we've we've talked about this too with other brands. We're not going to mention their names that make bags and whatnot. And they made, they started making their bags in the USA. Yeah. But then they transitioned and a lot of their actually mass produced stuff, maybe for REI, backcountry, is actually made overseas. Yet we still see on their website, made in the USA, is that, how do you feel about that? Is that an attack to what you're doing here? It, or do you just feel like... It's detrimental to okay. all the like USA-made brands that make all their goods in the USA. Like through and through. Through and through. Yeah. Because what ends up happening a lot of times is a company will start out and saying, you know, we make products here in the USA. Mm-hmm. And then over time, you know, yeah, like an REI or just... You know, they, they need to increase their margins. So they go, well, we obviously have to go overseas. Mm-hmm. So then they start making some products overseas. And then you start mixing overseas with made in the USA. And then they stop the marketing push of like, we're made in the USA. Uh-huh. But it's still in their customer's mind that these companies are made in the USA, made, like brands. It's in their DNA. It's in their DNA. That's hard. And then... So, and then they stop, right? And then they start making overseas. So then now in the customer's mind, the battle of like my goods, right? That cost, I'm, I'm fully aware of the cost of my goods. <laughs> you should see Adam's face. You're like, yes, I know. I Bear with you. me here. <laughs> buy once, cry once. Yeah. That's kind of my mentality. And you buy, and people buy once buy from once. you. And I've, I've, I'm, I'm very proud of this fact. I get very little returns oh yeah and the ones that i do get uh-huh. are repairs yep and they go back out yeah that's phenomenal and i know that's not the best business model <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't care yeah but we're not animals i mean dude the fact that we are able to sustain the businesses that we currently have and we see some form of growth every year yeah. and product development that seems to continuously get better I mean, I know you and I both have like that little sentiment of like, we're just, we're just stoked to be here yeah, and we're just stoked to see it grow, mm-hmm. which is funny. Cause then you talk to like a hardcore businessman, you're like, fuck that. Where's what's the bottom line? What's, bitches? The bottom? <laughs> <laughs> what's your growth every, yeah. every quarter, <laughs> every quarter. What's our look, what's it look like? like I have so, no idea. <laughs> people are more stoked. <laughs> yeah. Like got this new tote bag. It's pretty sick. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Damn. You put ice and beers in it. <laughs> I'll take that as a win. Damn. Uh, I, I do. I appreciate you t- touching on that point about the made in the USA. And like, it is tough because some brands DNA, that's how they start. Yeah. Like, and so now for the customer, if they did such a good job branding that in the beginning and, you know, 85% of their line is made overseas. Now mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know what you can do. I saw his top, his top 10 yep. made in the USA backpacks. Yep. And the number one backpack was made overseas. But how do they not know that? Because the like these brands, like they're the, the the I guess the trick worked, right? Yeah. Is you know, they start off, we're all made in USA, USA all the way through yep. products. Oh, actually we need to make a little bit more money, so we're gonna go overseas. Okay. And so we're just not gonna say we're main USA brand anymore, but the you know, it's already there. It's, it's already in the of, DNA. It's in the DNA. So people still assume that. 
Is it pay to play though? Sometimes those articles are pay to play. A lot of them are, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot, it's even something even a little shiftier. Yeah, let's hear it. So a lot of those trend blogs uh-huh. actually own the e-commerce sites too. Yes. So I've heard of that. So they just plug their own e-commerce site. That is, isn't that like a, I guess a, it's not shifty. It's, it's, uh, it's just this idea of like, you think there's separation nah. there and there's not. No. It's like, and uh, a lot of these blogs and, and whatever the forums have such a big following because they, they do cool write-ups. Yeah. But it's like, damn, if you want to have a big hand and, and make uh, a ton of money. Do you know what some of those like advertorial posts cost? Uh, no, I wait. I think one of our buddies. It could be like thousands. Yeah. For a post. For a post. And like the ROI, is it and the only thing when I used to work at that footwear brand? Yeah. The only good part about having those is saying as seen in outside magazine. Yeah. Or, you know, men's health. Mm-hmm. But the Overland swap was just featured in yeah. uh, Expedition Portal. So yeah. now we can say that, but we didn't pay for that shit. No. I would, I can't. I'm I not can't gonna either. pay like 5K for a write up. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. So that's where that stemmed from. Yeah. That conversation or that post that you did on and your I, story. And I was like, you know, this is really detrimental to brands actually making products in the USA because in the consumer's mind, now I'm competing with a brand that's not, I don't say like on the same level or like, you know, this idea of like, it's deceptive marketing. It's deceptive. You know, because yeah. I can't compete with overseas labor rates, yep. right? Like, but once again, necessarily, do I even want to? No, I'm yeah. like, because my approach to design is different, right? Like, totally. You know, with materials and like functionality is still there. It's just a different type, you know, where it's not just like, here's a pocket for this and here's a pocket for that and here's the, this, the thousand zippers. And yeah. Like, I just, it's not my kind of product that I like. It's not the product I use. Do you think an editorial piece on Colfax, whether it's on this bag or any of your others, you think it'd be a game changer for you? I mean, there's definitely been trend blogs out there that feature the products. I was going to say you've had to have been featured. Your oh, shit's yeah. like cool. Um, well, I'm very thankful for like the f- features that I have gotten because it's just been natural. They just love the product. Yeah. You know, that I, like I think there was something to this idea of like just word of mouth marketing. Totally. I know it's like sl- it's very slow growing, <laughs> but. You know, I'm thankful for like, you know, most of my business for the Colfax stuff is like, if I can get a customer to buy one product, mm-hmm. I got them. Yep. Because then they they understand it. They, yep. they, they feel it, you know, and they're like, oh, like this is better than anything else out there. So I'm just going to, every time I release something new, you know, they get excited about it. Totally. Um, so it also kind of forces me to like keep evolving and keep like, you know, experimenting with different styles and never, never go backwards. I feel like every time you come up with new stuff, it's always for, yeah, it's, it's always, always a forward movement, mm-hmm. which is amazing because you, you can easily start going backwards. Yeah. And also, but I do feel bad because I'm always am evolving uh-huh. that, you know, it's like, and I understand the, the, how expensive the products are that like you drop a lot of money and then like in two runs, I'm like, oh, I like, this is even better, better. now. <laughs> this is the V4. And this is like, V4. And you're like, Damn. dude, I just bought V2 not too long ago. I did, I did that with the Rick Addy when we did the V1. <laughs> we dropped the V2 and everyone's like, this shit's on the V1s. What are you doing over here? Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, that's I know. what you got to do. Well, and I'm sure like your mind's also working a thousand miles per hour and constantly yeah. like thinking about how you can be better. Be better. A hundred percent. And Okay. You know? I, you know what's really cool? And I love the fact that you are super honest about it is when you were talking to me about, you know, sourcing your, mm-hmm. your materials, your, uh, your factories, was it, was it as simple as how you made it seem right now where it was, Hey, I'm looking for this material. Oh, actually we do have this. And then you're like, Hey, do you have a factory? Is that how it panned out for you? 
No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not in the least. Okay. I mean, it started off with an idea, you know, then like literally a Google search is USA bag factory. Actually, is yeah. that how it started? Yeah. No fucking that, way. How does everything start? On I Google. Get Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, you know, asking and like I said, networking and, yeah. lear- and learning how to find these, you know, material suppliers and manufacturers. Cause a lot of times they're not up to date with like marketing. Right. Totally. You know, they're not, they're not putting their word out of like, you know, SEO no. and Google, Google, like Google reviews. They're just yeah. like a hole in the wall. That's probably making bank. Like you said, off of like certain um, contracts. Yeah. And I mean, they're not whole, like some of them, they're not hole in the wall. They're actually super technical. Sorry. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a misuse of that word. I meant like, you know, those core spots. Oh, like that, hidden, hidden yeah, gems. Sorry. Yeah. Hidden gems. Yeah. Hole in the wall. Yeah. You're just going to <laughs> someone's house. Can you make this back? Like, yes. They're out there. Um, so sourcing for you was self-taught. Yeah. And then the, the factories that you originally found, mm. would you say every time you would work with one, it was a home run or did you go through multiple renditions of factory searches? Um, no, it's pretty, I mean, just due to the capital investment that it takes to even make a small run of bags oh, here in the U S I can only imagine, dude, you know, you, you need to be very sure who you're partnering up with yeah. to make your goods yeah, because it can go sideways real fast. Damn. And I think that's, I touched on it a little bit earlier is like you can make quality goods overseas, uh-huh. but you're so far removed distance wise. It's like, you can't have eyes on the QC, er, the QC. So you either need to hire somebody, yep. which happens all the time. Third party QC, you know, comes in, make sure that the factory's like a broker almost. Yeah, just, broker will do it. Um, or there's just, you know, literally their job is to go check in on your production run. And <laughs> that's make, a crazy job. <laughs> yeah. Just to like, you know, nitpick what the factory does. Yeah. Because they're local to wherever your Got manufacturer it. is. Okay. Versus me here in the States, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so because, like, going back to it, because it's, you know, even like, it's a big investment, you know, for even a small run of these bags. Yeah. Like I wanted to be close. Like I wanted to make sure like everything was, was good. I needed to personally do it. Yep. You uh, needed to oversee it. So yeah. you couldn't be sending it to Wisconsin. So, yeah. and fortunately for us in Southern California, dude, like. There, it's still a good manufacturing hub out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cause we're so close to the port and all that stuff. Yeah. So the, is it the original factory? Have you stuck with them this no. long? No. Okay. No. So you have, to, you've because had some movement. Yeah, it had a little bit of movement because the first bags were just all pure cut and sew. Okay. Um, and uh, I wanted to get into like welded, you know, like RF welding. That shit's so cool, dude. It's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> Super nerdy. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> just even the term like welded seams. I'm like radio frequency <laughs> welding. What? Is that a thing? That's that's RF. <laughs> oh my God. I thought you made that up. No. That's, that's it's so uh, sick. Um, RF welding. Damn. Radio frequency. Okay. Versus hot wedge or hot air dude you're you know, giving away the secrets here man no google you know, no somebody's <laughs> what who was it somebody's like yeah like you know you should give out the information a lot of times because like not that many people actually act on it oh 100 percent. i think like I've, you could give somebody the keys of the kingdom like 100 people the kings of the keys of the kingdom yeah and maybe five people actually use them dude i think that's uh, damn that's a really great point Cause it's always how it goes. It's mm-hmm. like, you can give someone, 
I, I've done it before. Like, here's my screen printer. Yeah. Here's how we make all our hats on demand. Here's mm-hmm. everything you need. And then you check in on them like three three months later and you're like, yeah, it just wasn't working it wasn't out. Working. Exactly. What the hell is going to happen in three months? Yeah, I know. Nothing. I know. It's crazy. So I think it's just more of just personality. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> going back to it, what were we talking about? <laughs> the factory that uh, so you definitely okay. moved a couple yeah, factories. Yeah. I moved a couple cause I wanted to do the RF welding. Yeah. And the problem is 99% of all, all RF welding uh-huh. is done in China. Whoa. Yeah. In the world. Well, sorry, not 90. I was like nine, like 90% is done in China. But still, it's pretty damn amazing. Yeah. Uh, in the States here, there was like, there's factories that will do it but it's more for medical devices okay um because they don't need this they don't want the stitching and holes and the the, the whole and you found them it took a long time wow took a long time not google this is word of mouth this is straight like like tricks and tips on how to like source (laughs) that is so sick dude um you know i was like just asking relentlessly like textile manufacturers about you know like certain types of fabric and you know kind of piggybacking off of that and yep um, finally they're like, Oh, it's like, somebody was like, Oh yeah, you should go call so-and-so they can do it for uh-huh. you. And I was like, thank like, you. After like <laughs> three years. Are you serious? <laughs> three like, years. Thank you so much. It's like, I had, I was like speechless. I had, God, nothing, that's you know, but it was though. like, I've heard of, you know, like other times, like people are like, Oh, you should talk to so-and-so. And yeah. I got all excited. And then like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because all they do is, you know, they like, IV bags, yeah. you know, and they don't do any like recreational or sports bags or okay. like, textile. I like, see what you're they, saying. Like, yeah, literally that like heat sealed, heat sealed products. Wow. And, um, you know, and you're like, I want to make a waterproof duffel bag. And like, <laughs> like, what? I look at you like, is this medical related? <laughs> you like, should just say yes. Yes. <laughs> it's mental health. It's, you're going to, you're going to It's, gonna it's kill. an orthopedic <laughs> yeah, device. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. I do love hearing that, that most of this stuff, cause you could have, I think what people would think automatically is that because you worked in so many different brands mm-hmm. that you probably just pulled all those resources and started making your bags, but it's not really the case. No, it wasn't the case cause it was all overseas. Exactly. You know, so you important. have your own like arsenal here, here from your own yeah. will to do it. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. I love that shit. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> That's the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Gold star. Gold gold star. Um, yeah, I think, and that's, we touched on this already, but what I think is the most powerful way of doing marketing is like solving problems. Mm-hmm. That's how you do, that's how you can sell a product if it sol- solves a problem. And like, that's what it seems like your mission is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, the dry bags started because, you know, yeah, I was still going overseas for the client side and. I'd have like a week between like samples reditions. So I'd go there and take meetings with the factory. We'd uh-huh. work on samples and then they needed time to like remake the samples. So like I'd get like five days and I'm like, well, what am I going to do for five days? I'm in Vietnam. Uh huh. So what do you do? Go eat? I don't know. You go rent a motorcycle <laughs> and you go travel the countryside. What? And That's I was so like, sick. So I was like now I need a bag because it rains a lot. Uh-huh. But I could, you know, have my camera, my laptop, my clothes that will guarantee my stuff stays dry no matter what. What the heck? So, so you were doing kind of your own product testing. Yeah. While, while out there. While I was working on other people's products. I love it. Yeah. And also just like 
you're taking notes throughout the whole time. Yeah. Of like, what would make my life way easier if I did rent, you know, uh, enduro and yeah. hot countryside in Vietnam would mm-hmm. be an amazingly comfortable backpack that was completely waterproof. Yeah. I need a bag I could travel with. And that was pre-towed because towed that, is relatively new, right? Well, yeah, it was pre-towed, but like the towed bag. I know it's also confusing because it's towed. And tote. Tote. <laughs> I think this one should be called the goat because it's the greatest of all time tote bag. Ooh, so you have the yeah. toad and you have the goat. Nope. Yeah. They're all animals. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And you can do like sick animal heads yeah. for all well, the your toad, shit. I called it the toad bag because you could blow it up with air. It looks like one of those. It's like, like a toad. <laughs> like in Shrek when they blew. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that part? <laughs> do you? Oh, you have a kid, so you probably watch Shrek. Yeah. I know all the characters. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah. That's that. So while you're on those trips, mm-hmm. not only are you doing your own product testing but you're doing your own i guess like mark market analysis and like yeah. kind of like research of what you would want out mm-hmm. of your own products you know and like the, it just makes a lot of sense it goes back to like it's a simple item it's a duffel bag yeah that you know like a tool if you hold it a certain way yeah right duffel bag if you carry it in your hands you could put it on like it has like backpack straps you could wear it as a backpack because there's a different way you hold it so it yep. goes from a duffel bag to like a duffel pack i don't call it a backpack but I guess duffel it pack is. that's cool duffel pack did you is that yours no that's not like that that's a lot of people use the word oh i was gonna pack. say that's a sick that's a sick term I, I don't think a lot of companies use it but i don't know that's what i call it, a duffel pack i like it um and that it's you know it, it has a certain specific feature set that it is waterproof yeah like airtight waterproof yep you can inflate the thing through its buoyancy valve and it's like super comfy it's crazy i've i've, I've seen one i haven't actually i actually haven't put one on before because oh, I, I think you probably have one in your car yeah um so for for colfax if, if anyone ever were to go to your instagram or your your website you have a very distinguished militant look very clean militant yeah was is that an ode to anything in your past, or that just naturally you're just like this looks sick? Yeah, I think it looks cool, I, and also like the whole like military products, like because a lot of the larger USA manufacturers were able to survive, you know, since the seventies, eighties, like when they kind of got started, is due to government contract work. Okay, so Colfax kind of. I don't want to say piggybacked off of that. We're very thankful for like the manufacturing that's still here. So it's like, that's where like the military inspiration kind of came from is because those were the materials I could still get here uh-huh. and like use these manufacturers that are still producing for the military. Damn. And also it's also a nod to military manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Like I geek, you know, I also like collecting and geek out on like surplus goods. Yeah. You know, so I'm always like constantly like buying these like old military bags and, you know, they had to serve a certain function, right? They had to like do something yep. for these people and they had to be made quickly and, you know, efficiently, Yep. you know, cause they're making so many of these things. They had to make them fast a lot of times. So like, I, that's why I started like geeking out on like the construction of these bags and I'm like, whoa, like they can do all these cool features and like, there's not that much to it. Dude. Uh, it's so such I, a good story. I've, I've never heard you talk so about I, that, it. That like, like kind of like the ethos of Colfax. Yeah. Is like, once again, going back to those like hand tools, how can you make a simple item efficiently that serves the greatest variety of usage? Yeah. You know, you just blew my mind right now because that's a sick brand ethos. Is that even on your website? Maybe. Oh my God, you're <laughs> killing me. <laughs> Dude, that is so sick. 
I just thought you you liked like army drab and tans, which is, I do. We love I it. I do, but but when it boils down to like, there's more to it. It's such a that's such a like an art. That's like a like a great story to yeah. tell, which is, you know, I I never served, but you know, this idea of like being able to. I mean, you serve the people. Well, I serve the country. My idea is like I'm helping this country by manufacturing here. Yeah, you know, you're you're doing everyone in the states a service by. Yeah. Not only making it here, but knowingly, mm-hmm. if they if someone buys your product, you know it's going to serve them for a very long time. Yeah, you're not you're not doing people a disservice no. by doing a bunch of you know we have we we need to come up with the word for this you know because we, you and I were talking about it for quite some time for sustainability on brands. There's mm-hmm. greenwashing, which is that, but yeah. we need to find a good word for the industry when people just throw made in the USA and don't really tell the story or mm-hmm. have an actual like heritage of how it's being made. If it still is, there should yeah. be a word for that. Like there should, I mean, the greenwashing is terrible it's, these days. It's so bad. I get really like one of my pet peeves. Like I'm also very torn on this too. And I can kind of explain why is like a lot of these overseas or a lot of these brands making their goods overseas. I don't say overseas brands cause they're actually based out of the USA. Yeah. But you know, all their goods are made overseas is like, we made it out of eco-friendly material and reclaim this. And I'm like, you're, but you're still, once again, going back to, you're getting a fabric made in one country. You're shipping it to another. Yeah. And you're going to ship it to another. And it's like the amount of, you know, energy wasted, like shit. And I don't say wasted, but consumed yeah. to ship all these goods negates any of this, like, you eco know, story. eco story. It's that's what it is though. It's an eco story in, and people use it to their yeah. advantage, which, mm-hmm. you know, that, that goes um, along the lines of any real marketing. But yeah. uh, I think as of late, it's just becoming a bigger, a bigger thing that we see. Yeah. I mean, airlines are marketing themselves as, you know, a green, a yeah. green airlines. It's like, that's, that's like an oxymoron. Well, the, that's the, like the, going back to this idea of like, you know, traveling or even like for me to go overseas yeah. to review the products and like, you know, to get them, you know up to par for, you know, bulk production, Uh just even my one flight alone to get there, like consumes a huge amount. (laughs) Just to get you out to Just to get out. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and if I have to go multiple times, you know, that's a lot of, you know, greenhouse gases getting emitted in this world. I do. I do love, I'm a, if I can find places around me to do will call pickups or like even the rig caddy, we're getting made in Oregon, but I'm, Mm. I'm going to transition down here now. Um, what else do we do? Like the straps I was telling yeah. you, like I, I don't mind hopping in my little van and going and checking up on all, all these places and yeah. then seeing all the people that work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, yeah, because as soon as you start shipping stuff like far and you're doing freight and flight and yeah. boats, it's like, it's just, it not only adds a lot of cost, yeah. and especially like if you're small, like easy supplies is small. Mm-hmm. I have to incur, I have to, what is the word? Like, uh, uh, take on yeah. whatever let's just simplify it yeah, yeah. we're taking on all these extra costs oh yeah which at the end of the line, at, at the end of the day doesn't help our bottom line but i mean so even if like you're making your goods overseas right yeah you know and you're like oh it's it's way cheaper if you start if you start tallying up That's all those saying. extra costs yeah you know your true landed cost of your goods is up it's up you know because okay so 
there's just the inherent, you know, what the FOB price, right? Mm-hmm. Freight on board, meaning like what the factory is going to charge you overseas to make product and get it to the port, uh-huh. right? Well, now you got to pay to ship your goods from overseas to the USA. Mm-hmm. Not only are you paying that, but you got to pay a freight forwarder fee. You yep. got to pay insurance fee if you want it. Then you got to pay an import duty fee. Yep. And then even when it gets here, you got to pay another additional shipping fee to get it from the port to you. And and if you're not if you're a small brand like you or I, our our facilities don't have like huge roll down doors, so no. you probably have to ship it to someone that does, yeah. and then pick it up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so, a lot of hidden fees. There's a lot of hidden fees in it. So like, you know, like a lot of these customers, like clients are like, "Well, we got to get overseas because you know it's it's way cheaper." I'm like, "Is it? Well, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, but it, how is it- much?" You know, it's kind of dependent on, you know, once again, the complexity of the product, what it's made out yep. of. Um, but I think with the shift to more smaller brands like you and I that are more direct to consumer, yeah. you know, um, and like, I think it's amazing how the technology has allowed that, with yeah. like, you know, shop, you know, how easy is it to open up a Shopify store? It's so easy. Open Super. up a Shopify. Like that's what we we're saying. Like you can give people the keys of the kingdom, but unless you want it, you're not going to yeah. do it. You can open a Shopify an Instagram account and mm-hmm. hook on like five really solid influencers or people with followings to shoot your stuff. And yeah. you kind of have a brand. You're off to the races. And literally mm-hmm. you're in like, you're, you're now a person yeah. in the field. Now, how good that product is is important. It's important too, yeah. you know, like, cause like, like, yes, it's easy. I don't say it's easy, but it's, you know, it doesn't take much to open up a Shopify store, you know, ship your own goods, you know, source products overseas. You know, that, that is, I guess the other kind of issue is like a lot of these overseas manufacturers are a lot better at marketing themselves yeah. than the domestic ones. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So like how quickly you can go to like Alibaba or, uh, you know, uh, any of those other sites and type in whatever product you want. Yeah. Oh, you know, they'll give you the price. They'll tell you minimums. Like they'll tell you their ability, Everything. To, like how to add a logo to it. Like quick too. Yeah. Quick. So, but it's for me, that's always like the me too product, yeah. you know, it's like, how long can those brands last? I never wanted... I, in the beginning when we were just doing clothing, I felt like a Me Too product. Yeah. And man, you just... Like for me specifically, I just was losing all types of ambition to keep it going. Mm-hmm. But once you start doing stuff for your own, like yeah. so much more inspiration to just make that bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. But sure, with technology, dude, like you hook up an AliExpress account to the Shopify and you're off to the races to yeah. start selling whatever the hell you want. I mean, want. you can even get it to the point now where there's like direct to garment printers. Yeah. So you don't even have to even stock anything. And they're shipping it too. They're shipping it for you. I so you, like you can easily just slap on a logo on a blank yeah. t-shirt, throw yeah. it up on a website, you know, customer orders it, it gets made and then shipped to the customer. And you don't even, you don't even see the product. Yeah. But I'm with you. Like, you know, I've done a run of t-shirts and people are like, are you ever going to do another run of t-shirts? And I'm kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, You're like, sure I can. I feel like I'm just, once again, I'm just adding to those piles of you know discarded clothes yep yep because if you're not you, then you feel like you're just looking at a stack of shirts that hasn't sold and you're like what am i doing with these yeah. shirts you know or knowing that like you know the lifespan of a t-shirt's not that long and yeah so if like i'm like well if i was to do a t-shirt how could i do it better but then it goes in you know then manufacturing and you know the cost of development so and, and it's we only have so much time yeah like between you and i I feel like we understand like we're pretty limited and we're pretty stretched thin most times. Yeah. 
So to do another product line of this is, an, is a lot of work. It is. We okay. take a quick break and thank the sponsor of this podcast, Nomad Wheel Co. If you're going to be checking out Pacific Northwest Overland Expo, be sure to stop by the booth there. If you're familiar with Nomad Wheel Co. now, I appreciate it. I know the guys over there appreciate it as well. If you're looking for a new set of wheels that step aside from the traditional faux beadlock, gold everything, and you're looking for more of a clean aesthetic with that heritage-inspired wheel, Nomad Wheel Co. is here for you. And that's at nomadwheel, nomadwheels.com. Go ahead and subscribe to that newsletter. They're going to be giving updates as when those wheels will be officially available, which I know is very soon. They have a lot of cool collaborations, not only with Easy Supplies, but with Colfax Design Works as well. And thank you guys so much for uh, tuning into this podcast so far. Let's get back into it. I think throughout this podcast, we kind of gave people hints of what you've done, right? Mm -hmm. With the new tote bag, the toad. The toad. Check that one out. Mm -hmm. The camera straps. Um there's like the mesh pags you've mesh done mesh bags yeah then those are all like done in house where okay. i'm just like exploring you know yep. like different sizing and stuff yeah like the little micro chest rigs i li- i really like that concept even for moto i think i've told you that since i saw them yeah we got some things in the works okay or i i say i always say we <sighs> whatever people hate on the fact that small businesses say we but like it's just give me. us something it's just, me. <laughs> just just let us say it well i guess it's always interesting too because like people are always like oh you could you know like you always look bigger than what it actually is yeah <laughs> and then people see it and you're like wait why do you always say we and you're like well me just, myself and i you know <laughs> Don't you talk to yourself? <laughs> exactly. The issue, you, the issue is, do they ever talk back? N- most times, if they do, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you have a real issue. Um, do you think with Colfax and where it is today, you have a pretty good grasp with your manufacturing? Mm-hmm. Now, with all this material you've been doing, this the, the whole product line is pretty diverse, but still pretty concentrated mm-hmm. um do you foresee just running with what you currently have for the future of colfax or do you do you have visions for yourself to build something bigger with it that's a good question yeah um as of today <laughs> okay or where i'm at now, now. <laughs> uh is to continue to grow the line okay um and in different ways. Like, so now like I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the materials and the construction and, uh, you know, exploring like this idea of waterproof and different functionalities. But now the idea is like maybe try to like get into different segments. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like explore different industries. Okay. Um, you know, like with just adventure travel and getting back, you know, big and getting back into hiking and, uh, all that stuff. And just being more outdoors, you know, kind of going from moto base because that's where like it started. It was like this idea of like more like adventure bags, adventure bags, and backpacks for commuting on motorcycles to more just general adventure travel. Yeah, you know, and the bags still are great. You know, especially the the toad Mm -hmm. duffel pack um, on the back of a motorcycle because you know it rains and your stuff is fine. Totally. Um, uh, or being on a boat or, you know, doing more like off-roading in, in a car, you know, like you could throw it up on your roof rack, you know, and all your stuff will stay dry. Strap it down. Strap it down. You know, it doesn't need to live in the car. It can yeah. be on the car. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of going like exploring, you know, different different industries, like maybe more into like hiking and, and trail running, 
you know, and also getting into like more like, you know, car travel, Okay. And, like just different bags that kind of go. But sticking with this type of um, ideology, which yeah. is like extremely well thought out material mm-hmm. construction. Yeah. Um, and some, I think most of the time too, another really good aspect of your stuff is it's multi-use. Yeah. Like this, this tote bag is multi-use. Beach, like you said, beach bag, you know, you can, you, you could take it hiking. Yeah. I mean, know, I would use it even for like a dirt a, biking trip. Throw yeah. my cut my boots in there, my helmet and oh, my yeah. gear and just use that. Mm-hmm. And then once it's empty, I can use it to transport yeah. the firewood. Yeah. You know, I've seen people use it for like big grocery bags. Like Sick. In, so instead of taking like you know a bag of a bag like one of those reusable grocery bags with yeah. like five other bags stuffed in it it's just this it's just one bag no how long now has that this solves been a big, that, that's a good point like it solves a problem right it solves problems because you're going from five bags just down to one big one yeah that's what i'm saying it's the goat it's yeah. the goat tote <laughs> the goat tote <laughs> it would work now uh, is how long has this been available now uh only a couple weeks okay marketing has been just like pushing it through instagram and stuff yeah just instagram and and then you have the really cool collab with nomad wheel yeah uh that's kind of what spurred the whole tote bag is working with nomad really and uh the you know they reached out to me and they're like hey we want to do something with you like they loved what the brand was about and, uh-huh. um i thought they had like a really cool you know new take on a kind of a stagnant you know category. typical category typical, yeah so I got really excited and, um, you know, it's like, oh, we could do this and this and this. And I was like, you know, we kind of settled on, I was like, let's just do a giant tote bag. That was your idea. So good. And then, uh, Carter was like, I love it. Yeah. He's like, I use a tote bag all the time. Totally. Be great. Yeah. He's like, we're just to do it. Let's do it. And so got a sample made and, uh, they're, they have an exclusive, which I think is like one well, the great colorway uh-huh. is this, it's like coyote Brown with like olive drab handles. It's really good. It's really nice. And then they're like orange. It pops their orange, uh, logo. And so what you're going to do is a camo, the multi-cam mm-hmm. and black, black, the yeah. black one is sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think when I see Colfax dude and just like your branding mantra, mm-hmm. you as a person, yeah. And your abilities with the products that you've created so far, I I think that like the future for you, if you just put more time and you want to do crazy shit with Colfax, like personally, I think it's sky's the limit because I can see this on like a hype beast article mm-hmm. all the way to like outdoor mag article towards like the best five pieces you should be putting in your car for a road trip article yeah. too. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that's why I'm like so excited that we finally connected and, and you kind of spilled the beans of like what it means to start what USA manufacturing actually means, mm-hmm. which is such an open-ended question. I get it. And if you're listening and you still don't understand it, it's, it is open-ended. It is. But there is still a core meaning to why it's important. It's, it's, a, it's a hard problem to solve. Yeah. And it's very complex and it's deep, you know, it's more complex than people kind of think about it yeah like, let's just make more goods here like just open up more factories yeah it's not that it's 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 a lot harder than that and totally. i think there's um i guess let me also shout out there's a lot of amazing companies out there that are made in the usa mm-hmm. you know uh kinsman awning uh they make all their own stuff in-house great yeah I mean, like gfc yep um Brown Buffalo. I'm trying to think who else. What's Brown Buffalo? The company I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. The one in Costa Mesa. Mesa, Yeah. Uh It does also the classes. Rig Supply does a very good job. Rig Supply. Uh, um, So there's a lot of 
other brands out there that are are all about this trying to re, not reinvent but just stick stick, stick to, to it, like a true yeah. meaning it but it's different though because i feel like seeing a brand like rigged or van speed or mm-hmm. like hard goods like very aggressive like you know systems for vehicles yeah does seem like it's an easier segue to go to a manufacturer. There's so many weld shops. There's so many people that do that stuff. That's a good point. That's a really good point. But like we were just talking about earlier today, like finding a true bag manufacturer yeah. in the States, like they're, they're a dying breed. So for you to give them a shot and really, mm-hmm. you know, stick to your guns and yeah. find them, like that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, and it's also, I think there's, there's growing demand for it. I think the consu- so. The consumer is getting more educated. And yeah. I think that's what the brands needed to, to really Hone focus, in on. Yeah, focus on is like just educating your consumer. Yeah. You know, because the better they understand it, the the more likely, you know, they're going to be able to feel that they have the conference to talk about it to other people. Yeah. So I guess that's why I'm more willing to like be open it, about it, being open about it. I love and it. Try to educate people. Yeah. You know, and I'm still learning every day too, you know? Like, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of times where I find myself, I'm like, you know, I catch myself all the time. Like, Oh, we just do it this way. And it's, and it's not that easy Yeah, you know? or it's more complex than that. Yep. Um, and then a lot of like, there's no right or wrong answer. It's, it's all gray. Yeah. Um, you're making your own uh, playbook as you're yeah, going. Yeah. But going back to, I think one of the questions I just thought of this, you talked about like what, what I, would like to do for the future what I kind of want to take the company is um you know I'd like to do more collaborations because I think it's really fun to work with these companies and yeah. like, be collaborative and create these unique products you know it's like it's it's built in also to the name design works right like, yeah it, it sounds like you're a you're a um like you're an actual kind of like almost a hub yeah works right works. like we works it gives me that we works yeah and you're like you know you've seen the, sh- the design studio it's a mess but it's you know, rad it's you know filled with fabric and webbing and sewing machines you're the like, one that helped us design the rig pool though yeah like realistically you are that but that's what i like I like i like it's like bringing ideas to life yeah ideation you know yeah. like once again like solving even like a problem like you saw the problem you had a solution. It just wasn't right. You just needed to know how to like make it. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think collaborations would be really big for you just cause you have such a, a good name behind yeah. you already that you've built. And there's not many bag manufacturers like doing stuff no. as like dialed, I would say. Yeah. There's a lot of bag manufacturers in our space for like c- car camping and stuff, mm-hmm. but just the materials, it, it becomes very, there, there's a lack of lust. So yeah, going back collaborations. to the, collaborations, like I think, I, like, I think like the one with Nomad was, was amazing. Was that your first collab besides uh, Drew? Uh, Drew, yeah, Drew was the first. I mean, I guess the client side is always collaboration work. It's yeah. just like, it's more one-sided. But being able to put Colfax on their brand. With, yeah, yeah. And shout out to my good friend, Drew Martin. And yeah, the first true Colfax collaboration. You yeah. Know, he won, uh, he, he shoots pretty much all the stuff. And yeah. He's great to work with. Um, a good friend of yours as good, well. Yeah. Great friend. And, uh, just great to work with, uh, and super talented. I do. I, yeah. I think the, the brands, but more he, brands, he wanted to like, I was like, well, you know, we had this great, you know, relationship, like, you know, friendship and we're like, what's, well, uh, you know, I was like, why don't we make a camera shot for you? Uh huh. He's like, let's do it. And so, you he's know, probably stoked. Oh, he's really stoked. And I was like, you know, I was like, this is your camera strap here. Like, you know, like you tell me, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, and he was, you know, like, well, we, you know, this is kind of what you, you know, he's very, you know, 
simple guy. So he wants <laughs> a simple strap, but it, like, but it has to be bomb for it. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like it has to work. Yeah. And failure, once again, like not an option. Like, yeah. You can't break when he's out on a shoe. Totally. So I guess three, like circling even back to that, like design ethos, this idea of like, if it's simply made, mm-hmm. there's less points of chance of failure. Failure. 50 right. zippers might seem cool, but that's 50 chances of it busting. Exactly. But, you know, with like simple items, like with like the, the toad bag is like you have one zipper. Yeah. So it better work. <laughs> and well, yeah. And be able to work for a long be- Because time. if it doesn't. Yeah. It's shot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, so, all the, all your stuff. So he wanted a very simple camera strap and, you know, just very well made. So yeah. That's what we made for him. That's rad. So that was your first Nomad was... This is your first brand, brand collaboration. Yeah, brand collaboration. Dude, you have, you, I feel like for you, the sky's the limit. I, I know we've talked about collaborating mm-hmm. on actual products, but we've talked about a collab for us, but it's the same thing. It's like, if you do a collab through you and I, I have to be ready to pull the trigger like a Nomad did where it is going to be X amount of units and stuff, you know? Yeah. It's just the, the name of the game. But it's less units than making it overseas. For sure. For sure. We will figure something out. Mm-hmm. So... Let's let's do this. So Colfax will be at Pacific Northwest. Yes, I will be with you guys yes, again. We're doing it. We're going round two. We did we did Expo West. Yes. That was really fun. It was. That it was took a me really... a while to recover though. Did it? Yeah. Were you on your ass for a minute? Yeah, it was like in all the dust. Dude, you got pretty wrecked. Yeah. Well, I had like fighting like kind of a little cold like, oh, really? going into it. Uh-huh. And then the dust, like from the first day of like setup. And you were a true warrior. Like you would wake up with Carter and get over there. Oh yeah. Jack and I were some lazy bums. We'd be like, we'll meet you guys there at like 10 or 11. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, go, you were on Go it. to brunch. <laughs> yeah. Still trying to. You guys want any avocado toast? And you're like, get your ass over here. And I'm like, all right, we're, we're on our way. So you'll be at Pacific Northwest yes. with us. Um, we'll have the full collab line with Nomad. Yep. You can um, pick it up there. I think you can check it out. Okay. You can check it out, but you can buy it on their website. You can buy it on their website. Okay. And then you'll have, you know, you there with uh, your collab as well. Yep. Got the V2s there Mm -hmm. with, uh, with Nomad. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, I think, I think more stuff like this, dude, I think the conversation is so prime now that people are seeing your face more. And like, I want to do stuff like this with you more on the YouTube, this overland swap, like, you know me though. I like to be like behind the scenes. Yeah, but which is great. But your product speaks for itself. So I feel like well, you don't even have to do anything. You're just like, this is the product. And this is what it does. And they're like, yeah. <gasps> you know. Well, my goal is always to like have it so that you don't need a label on the bag to think that, like, to know that it it's a Colfax bag. Totally. That's like the ultimate goal of mine is yep. to like have product out there that people just inherently know it's a Colfax it's bag. It's a Colfax bag. Yep. Or strap or, or whatever. strap or whatever, you know, yeah. just due to its, you know, it's, you know, visual, uh, language, which I think you've, you're pretty, you're pretty dialed on that. Like you don't logo everything. You don't have no. a Colfax print, which no. could be cool. Cause I do love your coyote logo. Yeah. And if you did something where you had your own coyote print, like an all over coyote, I would rep that so hard. But I'm not a print. Look at me. Am, yeah, I, yeah. am I a Prince guy? <laughs> no, you're not really a Prince. No, I know. I always forget that that's, but that's, see, that's cool because you that's stick like, to your ethos. Like going back to like the t-shirts, like I don't like logos on t-shirts even. Totally. So I'm like, yeah, I think I have one. Yeah. I have the easy shirt. Like on. I, would, I would even have a hard time like putting on the interior neck. <laughs> <laughs> you're terrible. I'm terrible. Like, I want like no logo Jesus. on it. Um, okay. So we have Pacific Northwest yes. Colfax design works.com. Com. 
Colfax Design Works on Instagram, or on is Insta- it just, yeah, yeah. If that's the whole one it's on Colfax Instagram. Design Works, just one word. Okay, um, um, and not, I th- that's really it. So yeah, like I, I think I so. I don't push it on Facebook or. Do you have any in-store retailers, or if someone wanted to actually fill your product, anything like that? No. No one. Okay, we'll work on that as well. <laughs> I know. I'm terrible. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, that's, I get too focused on the product. <laughs> there's. There's an ad actually that I've seen recently on Instagram and it's some guy yelling out the window and it's like, you're focusing too much on the product, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I <laughs> oh that my one. gosh. That's what uh, I keep feeling like we're going back to right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I need to I, hire that guy. <laughs> yeah. I'll help you out. I'll, I'll give you some pointers for your stuff. I love it though, dude. Appreciate you coming on. Thank Hell you for yeah. having me. That was rad. I'm glad we could chat about manufacturing and design. And- yeah. And you just bring in a whole different world that I'm so not used to. I think it's amazing to have someone like you around. You're freaking talented. So make sure if you're following our landers, easy, whatever, go ahead and make sure you follow Colfax as well. You will not be let down, I would say. And if you see any of the bags in person, you're going to be even more stoked (laughs) (laughs) because it's a lot of talk, but you, you back no, up all your talk. It's, it's always a hard, you gotta, you gotta check it out in person. Yeah. It's some real shit. Yeah. Um, and then at the next overland swap, he'll be there as well. Yes. You're like pretty much in the heritage. I had a great time. That Dude, was so much fun. I'm pumped. I'm pumped that you just decided to say, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. And you've been there. Yeah. I love it. Oh. Okay, dude, we are out. All right. I'll see you around. Yeah. Later. Load the truck and hit the road. Why we roam All land is our home